and welcome to Learning Tarot Together. I'm your host, Felix Kingsley. I'm a full-time social worker, part-time tarot enthusiast, bringing listeners and guests on my journey through learning the meanings behind all 78 cards of the tarot deck one by one. Today, we'll be starting our deep dive into the Major Arcana by examining the meaning behind the card, The Fool. In honor of this card, I brought the biggest fool expert I know, actual internet clown, Ken. Hey, everybody. It's me, Ken. I'm here being a fool as normal. Um, if you don't know Ken, Ken is my best friend and um, is an actual hot internet clown, and but also someone who knows a lot about the history of foolery, I suppose you could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're a clown historian, if if one will. I have a PhD in foolology. Um, yes, I've been spending an inordinate amount of time uh, in my free time researching the history of clowns, which it. Uh, man, it just started with clowns, and then the further back I went, the more it expanded into, like, every fool profession that has ever existed in humanity. Um, so yeah, I, I would call myself, uh, I've got a doctorate in foolology after all of my many dozens of hours of reading about, you know, the history of why some people really like to be funnier than others. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so, Ken, tell us a little bit, what is your history with tarot, if any? Like, I don't know. I don't really actually know how much you know or don't know. Yeah, basically nothing. So this is actually very interesting. Really, so my mom is, as you know, somewhat witchy and earthy. Uh, she has those traits about her. But I remember asking her about tarot. I was probably in, like, middle school because I was starting to get into that kind of stuff. Um, my mom, I mean, you know, she loves crystals, right? So I asked her uh-huh. about tarot. I'm like, she's got to have experience with tarot. And she gave me this answer. She said, I don't like it. I just don't, you know, your answer, you're opening yourself up to too many things when you mess with tarot. And I was like, what? <laughs> what does that mean, mom? Um, and, you know, uh, your, uh, you know, my experience with you in college um, that was really the first time I had ever done anything tarot related. I, she didn't, my mom didn't actually scare me away from tarot with that, but I was just like, hmm, okay, I guess I, I won't pursue this. <laughs> I find it so interesting because it's almost like she's talking about like a Ouija board or something. Because exactly. it's not like, yeah, it's so interesting because I think of tarot as being something that's very just like introspective. And I don't think, I don't know, maybe your mom's fairly fearful of introspection. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, she is. And that's the thing is, I think that might just be what it is, where she she's worried about opening up uh, too much spiritual interrogation. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it is a lot to take in sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Especially so. when it's telling you the exact messages you really didn't want to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I can I can relate to her on that level. I've never interrogated her too much on it, but I now I want to. I want to be like, Mom, what do you think tarot is? I want to make sure she knows what it actually is. But yeah, so uh, I have basically no experience i'm familiar with some of the the titles obviously i know the fool i know that's like or i think it's like number one <laughs> the number one card. it's the first it's the first card but it's actually numbered zero in the major arcana oh i like that even better okay yeah yeah there's a few reasons um so one of the reasons is because the card is supposed to represent um the potential of man and that potential is neither positive or negative it just it, it just like is what it is so that's why it takes on number zero and then it's also supposed to be like the fool's journey is the story of the major arcana and it's the fool going through 
like the life of man and like learning lessons and like going from like spiritual poverty to spiritual enlightenment and so because he's ever present in the cards then he's number zero because he's like there the whole time but then like some people actually place the fool at the end of the major arcana i found out when i was reading this which i think has to do with seeing it as kind of like a cyclical nature but i don't really understand that from like a thematic perspective so Mm -hmm. i always put it at the beginning yeah that makes a lot of sense to me Yeah, so to start examining the Fool, I wanted to discuss its imagery. So Ken, as a resident Fool expert, when you think of a Fool, what comes to mind in terms of symbolism? So symbolism, uh, the first one I'll I'll touch on, because I have already, uh, with your prefacing, thought of one incredibly juicy thematic line I want to go down. But before I do that one, uh, in terms of imagery like physical like sorry visual imagery i think of uh, like a motley costume that's something that you would see anywhere from uh like a modern day clown obviously when they when they have kind of like a raggedy patchwork costume to all the way back to like a jester when they have a, a motley patterned uh garish costume same thing with the commedia dell'arte a lot of those characters the zanny characters who are the fool characters for those acts they have that similar sort of like slapdash kind of costume and that's something mm-hmm. that is pretty consistent throughout like most um like fool figures that you see in history one like piece that i recently studied even the the like the christian holy fools that's another thing where they're depriving themselves so much luxury oh. that their clothes are like tattered right that's an interesting through line um for the fool it's just like fucked up clothes <laughs> for lack of a better term what is what is that the holy fool yeah so this is something uh i didn't know um until i started doing research on fools when i started learning about jesters one book made mention of like oh you know the russian eurodivier and i was like hello what um no i don't know what that is uh and so <laughs> basically the concept is like fools for christ uh and i think that was coined by Oh, Christian stands are gonna hate me for this. I think it was coined by Christian John stands. the Apostle, <laughs> um, where he basically made this quote where it was like, "We are fools, like in the name of Christ," which basically means like you're debasing yourself. the The concept is called asceticism, um, and it's not akin to like self flagellation exactly, but it is somewhat similar. You're depriving yourself of needs. You're making yourself like you're depriving yourself to such a degree that you're doing things that would be considered embarrassing. And you're kind of like reveling in that. Like I am debasing myself so much for Christ and he loves me for it. That is so interesting. I don't want to stop you from going on about the full imagery, but that just, so when I was reading about how the image of the fool has changed over time, the original depictions of the fool, he was portrayed as like a vagabond and mm-hmm. like, oh, but in, from what I was understanding from reading it, it was almost the opposite of what you're saying. Like it was someone who has gone after material desires so much that they have like fallen from grace and like are in spiritual poverty, which I like kind of hated that concept because it. Like, I mean, I don't think that people who are, like, homeless, which is basically what they were saying, are spiritually deprived, (laughs) necessarily. Right. The interesting twist there. Uh Uh-huh. But the idea of it being someone who has, like, shirked off all, 
like material kind of desires that in that sense i could see it being at the end of the major arcana like if you were doing that kind of imagery and that kind of thematic symbolism then i could see it being at the end instead of the beginning um which will make more sense when i get into the kind of meaning of it but anyways go. yeah i was gonna ask actually so this will help me sort of piece something together do you know when like tarot maybe not like the first ever but when tarot started to really get cemented do you have like a time frame for me in history yeah so tarot was invented originally um from what i can tell in the mid like 15th century but it was like very italian based which makes sense for the whole commedia dell'arte kind of like visual imagery um it was originally i think had like a lot more christian imagery on it but then um that kind of started to change over time. Like the French got really involved and (laughs) love it when they do that. Yeah. And that's when they kind of occult nature. And then when Rider Waite did the cards, which are like the most kind of famous version of it, which was, oof, I don't recall. I am sorry at this exact second um, when that was, but um, someone listening to this is like, it was in 1847. (laughs) But like, you just said it! No, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure exactly, but I think they took a lot of the Christian imagery out of it So at that point in time. So it's it's changed the game a bit over over its lifespan. Oh, wait, that's... Okay, that's super interesting. So when I... back, I didn't realize it was Italian. So to speak, like, to connect it to the Commedia dell'arte... So you know how, like, the Commedia dell'arte, most of those motherfuckers wear masks? Yeah. So I I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and I was like, why do some of them wear masks? Like, where did the mask even come from? And apparently there was this, um, so, you know, like carnival in Brazil, like the, the celebration, um, mm-hmm. they had that in Italy, specifically Venice, uh, about that time. Uh, it was basically, from my understanding, um, it was like a pre-Lent big celebration it could last weeks and people would like you know they would binge eat drink basically uh in preparation of that period of Mm -hmm. deprivation that is lent um and masks were a huge component of that uh one interesting thing that i learned i don't really understand like the socio-political climate of venice at the time but from my understanding uh there were very rigid expectations based on your social class of how you were supposed to dress and act and uh, mm-hmm. the carnival period was uh, like the only time where you could just kind of do whatever you wanted. <laughs> and so it was something that was like very looked forward to and something that was hand in hand with like revelry and like a little bit of freedom that was kind of rare for that time mm-hmm. and that place. And so like putting it in that context, because this is about the same time uh, about like that religious. So it is like slightly Christian related, but like slightly not. That is very interesting. Um, All of those, like, variables happening at the same time. Yeah, so over time, the fool, like, as it was depicted, stopped going from this kind of, like, vagabond image to, like, kind of more traditional... Well, there's kind of, like, two paths. Like, some of them became, like, kind of traditional jester, like you would see in, like, a regular pack of cards, like the Joker card. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other ones were just, like, this kind of, like, young man with a bindle on his back, like, standing kind of, like, in front of the sun or, like, in front of, like, a yellow background. And he's, like, standing at the edge of, like, a precipice, like a cliff. And then, like, a lot of them have, like, a small white dog in tow. Interesting. Um, and, yeah, 
And so I just think that it really changes, like, this just kind of speaks to how the imagery of a card can kind of change your interpretation of it. Because, I mean, I think that if you have, like, a Joker character, like, someone who is a fool standing at the edge of a cliff, like, sometimes in some depictions, even, like, one foot is off the cliff, that's Mm -hmm. gonna portray, like, a very different image than, like, a young man standing about to go off on the journey of life. like. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit before we went on, because I think that it really can kind of change how you read this card. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to your point, like the fact that some of them are a jester card, uh, from what I've learned about jesters, which I could go on all day, I'll, I'll be trunk, I will truncate it here. The jester is not really like a fool in the traditional sense he's like a professional fool right so he literally is just a guy who has a job (laughs) he's not the kind of fool that i'm now associating with this fool card of like you know if you're a jester you have a career (laughs) you know you're not about to go on like this huge independent life journey so that is very interesting like that dichotomy i'm sure it would like the fool like jester symbolism just kind of was a visual shorthand that they used yeah for just like yeah yeah for dumb dumb unaware <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah so let's delve further into the meaning of the card since you said you don't really know anything i don't know if you even know what this card means and our listeners who may or may not know may be going okay great full imagery but what the <laughs> hell is it so exactly so when the fool is pulled upright which when i say upright position i mean like you lay it down and it looks correct mm-hmm. <laughs> So the card deals with kind of the idea of unlimited potential. So like I said before, the fool, number zero, potential, so, and new beginnings. So it's usually something that comes up at the start of a journey. And as this is part of the major arcana, it typically signifies that this is going to be a new beginning of some, like, very special significance in your life. It's not just, you know, something you're going to forget in a few months. It's something that's going to be really meaningful to you. One thing I want to note about this is that the upright doesn't really tell you how the journey is going to go. (laughs) That was going to be my question. Yeah, does that mean anything? No, it kind of... So, I mean, it can, like, um, but typically you might want to pull a clarifying card to get more insight. So, like, if you pull the fool and then you pull the sun, that's probably going to say, like, yeah, this is going to be a really successful, meaningful, happy journey. If you pull the fool and you pull the tower then it's probably going to be some major upheaval in your life that you're going to have to overcome, you know? So it's gonna say something different, but if you're pulling it in a one card pull where this is the only card you're looking to, I kind of take that as meaning to face life with optimism because the fool is really saying like, go for it, Mm -hmm. you know? So it kind of reminds me of a lyric from a parquet court song, sorry. <laughs> um, but it goes, I don't know how many times my life has been outdone by nihilism. And oh, yeah. that card is kind of calling for us to do the opposite. Like to bravely face. Yeah, it's just like face the future and move forward. So that's how I I take the meaning. So I guess with that kind of the basic version, how do you take the full imagery and the images you're seeing on the cards to kind of you know, how does that speak to you? I love it. It's just very nice. <laughs> I mean, just like, I really love the optimism inherent in that. Obviously, like a fool's job, if you're taking it in a very classical sense without getting into the whole, like, uh, the more niche, like, fools for Christ thing, it's just to make 
people laugh and kind of like alleviate worry and that kind of thing. So I think this card and the imagery of it being so optimistic, like the one I'm looking at right now, it's the one uh, that you described where it's like he's got a bindle stiff and he's got a little white dog and he was like the sun is shining and it's really nice. Uh, he is about to walk off a cliff, but like <laughs> the rest of it is really nice and it is optimistic. Um, even if like that optimism proves to later be like his folly or his downfall, that doesn't like it's it's still good that you have that optimism to start with, you know, and I think yeah. that is actually very meaningful. And I think it kind of speaks to the other aspect of the meaning of the card, which is it is zero in the cards it is beginning of the arcana, at least the way that I look at it. Mm -hmm. It is a baby newborn. Like, yeah. you don't know what you're walking into. It's not, I mean, there are plenty of times in the major arcana and in the minor arcana where a new opportunity is coming up. Like, every ace is a new opportunity. But the difference is that this is a new opportunity where you're, like, walking into the great unknown and you're just having to be brave and try something new. And it's not one that you're necessarily well prepared for. It's not, you know, and it's kind of reminding you of that and reminding you, you know, maybe be cautious, be aware that you don't really know what you're stepping into, but do it boldly and bravely anyway. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I think like, even uh, in like the most basic sense of a fool, like I said, if it's if it's just to make you a little bit happier, I think that is almost what this card is also trying to do. I think it's very good. Yeah. yeah. So if this came up in a love reading, it could mean a potential new relationship of significance, but it also could mean like a new era in an existing relationship. Like maybe you've increased your communication with your partner, or maybe you found a new hobby to enjoy together that's really going to bring you together. Or maybe it's a new move or like, you know, it could be anything, but it, it does have a kind of idea of a new era in a relationship. If it's a career reading, then that can mean, you know, pretty obviously a new job, but it can mean a new project, a new coworker, a learning opportunity. It could be a sign to move forward with a plan that you might have. Like, let's say you have a creative idea. It could be a sign to say, go, go do that. It's mm -hmm. like, now is the time. So, like, if we pulled, a, if this was a single card poll and we pulled in response to the question, should I change jobs? This card in the upright position would be saying, yeah, fuck yeah, go for it. Embrace the new opportunities. Unless, you know, again, if you could pull a clarifying card, it might be give you more right, uh, more ideas but of what that could mean. But in a single card poll, I would say that this is very much like a yes and a go for it. So if you pulled, so if you pulled that same card upside down, would that say, no, I, you shouldn't be doing that? Or would that still be something where you need a clarifying card? So I personally... Think of it as that you would still need a clarifying card to, but I mean, if you're pulling it just to get a yes or no, then I would say upside down or in reverse is a no, mm -hmm. but, or at least, but I don't really truly think of it as a no. I think of it as more of a pause. Okay. Like, yeah. so the upside down or the reverse meaning, um, it's kind of more saying like, you are about to walk off a cliff, stop look around you, like, figure out if there's another way of approaching this and, like, make sure you're not approaching it like a fool. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, like, it could appear when you're either taking action too quickly, so, like, a call to pause, or it could be, like, hey, you're not taking any action at all. Like, your fears are letting you hold yourself back. Yeah. You okay. know. 
But I think of it more as like not necessarily a no, but a call to consider unforeseen consequences. Yeah. <laughs> like No, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so like if that came up in a love reading, it might be like, hey, maybe you're rushing into things with this partner. Maybe you need to take it slow. Or it could be saying you need a change in your relationship. Maybe the relationship you already have has kind of stagnated and you're not really um, deeply in touch with each other anymore and you need to, you know, look for some change in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it was career opportunity, it could be saying to consider your options really carefully, um, to not move too quickly or not to like jump into anything. And so again, if we're asking that same question, like, should I switch jobs? In a one-card poll, I would say this would be saying to carefully consider the options. It may indicate that you might need more information to get your decision. Yeah. Which, again, could come as in another card, or it could be saying, like, there's something that you're missing here, and you need to look into it further. I like that a lot. I like that it's not a hard no, but more of a pause, because I think, like, having a card that is the start of a journey, it means, like, you're going to go on a journey one way or another. (laughs) It's just, like, the card is telling you maybe the best way to go about that journey. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, it's telling you, like, yes, this is the time, go for it. Or, like, maybe this isn't the time, Mm -hmm. maybe calm down. Or maybe this is the time, but you're about to stumble off a cliff because you're going so fast, you know? Yeah. So, what lessons do you take from this card now that you kind of know a bit more about the meaning and the visuals of it? Really, the optimism is what sticks with me. I hadn't viewed it like that before. Again, obviously, with my incredibly limited knowledge, (laughs) it's not like I had a ton of opinions before now, but describing it as that optimism and the start of a journey, that is just, it, it is very meaningful to me. And I think that is like a fantastic start to something that can be very spiritually meaningful like this. Again, just like if you're starting a journey, if what better, like, what better archetype to start this journey than something of like a blank slate? You have no preconceived notions. You're just kind of wandering like do do do, and you're just kind of going around, and you're gonna let whatever happens happen. But you're also gonna be receptive to whatever these uh like preceding like context cards would offer you as guidance, or at least you should. And then if you don't, I mean that's a perfect example of folly. So <laughs> still in line, yeah. but um. <laughs> Oh, the only thing, so the other thing I was going to say is, so that really long thread of symbolism that I was going to go on, it's, well, it's not that long, but one of the major things that I learned uh, about, like, the role of the fool in my, in my studies um, was the fact that, like, a fool is supposed to, like, the very purpose of a fool is to be something of a mirror, both to, like, a person interacting with them and society. So, like, if Mm -hmm. we're thinking about a jester, he's supposed to be putting up a mirror to the king, keeping him in check, um, and just kind of, like, being something of a companion. Um, If we're talking about those holy fools, they're going to be holding up a mirror to society and be like, why, you know, if I'm depriving myself of all these earthly pleasures, you know, what does that say about you? (laughs) You know, that means that maybe you're not the best Christian or you're not living life to your your fullest. If Mm -hmm. we're talking about the Commedia dell'arte, those fools, like, they were always literally like satirical plays, you know, they're they're poking fun at whatever uh, cultural si- like situation, for lack of a better term, that they're in. The fool and not to speak even of just like uh, other fools and like other cultures that serve religious purposes. All of them, the through line is that they're holding up some sort of mirror and it just meshes so perfectly with what this card, I think, is supposed to be imparting, which it's like. This is you. <laughs> this is you right now. What are you going to do? Like, are 
and and that's what a tarot reading is it is giving you at least from like my perspective it is something of a mirror because it's like it is holding up all of these options and like these like the readings you've done for me it is you're holding up a mirror and giving me like a new perspective on myself Mm -hmm. on my options and it is just so funny to me how perfectly this other piece of of foolishness full history is meshing yeah, but because the fool is supposed to be a reflection of man. Like, the fool's journey, the fool's journey through the major arcana, going from this this base level where he has no idea what he's doing, he has no idea where he's going, he has no idea what's out there, I think in some ways it's kind of, like, if we're talking about the satire of it, it's kind of, like, satirizing, like, you know, best laid plans. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can try to plan what's ahead of you all day long, but at the end of the day, you got to take a step forward. And I think it kind of reflects that. And yes, I absolutely, I said in my last episode, you know, like I think of tarot as a mirror, you know, it Mm -hmm. is how you can see a reflection of your life, how it looks through someone else's eyes or how it looks through your own eyes, but reflected in these cards that might be showing you parts of yourself or questions or, or answers, hopefully, um, that maybe you did or did not want to hear. You know, and yeah. this and this one is is the first one and it is so positive, you know, and even in the reverse, I don't think of it as a super negative card. It's still saying like you're here, you're going on a journey. Let's figure out the best way to do it, you know, like to give a personal example, I pulled the fool right before I started my current job. I pulled it upright and reflecting back, this card was so fitting For one, it was a bit of a career change for me. So I was like switching from being a clinical social worker to a more macro social worker, for those of you who know what that means, which was a journey I was very excited about. However, the job also came with a lot of other changes to my life that I kind of knew about, but really wasn't paying attention to. And I kind of think about that little dog (laughs) and how some people say that the dog on the card is like a warning. And my previous boss was trying to be that warning, but I really wasn't listening. Like she brought up like, hey, you have ADHD and narcolepsy. Isn't that going to make working from home a little challenging? And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine, though. And I just like stepped right off the cliff um, because it really was challenging for me and it's something that I really should have planned ahead for more but I didn't I was just kind of going forward thinking that I had all the information I needed to succeed and really I probably should have thought about it a bit more so there's but things have been working out really well so it's you know that kind of you know that optimism that go forth go do it just take the challenge but then also you are being a little bit of a fool and maybe aren't thinking things totally through like you could yeah absolutely yeah so uh, thank you so much Ken do you want to tell people where they can find you absolutely so you can find me on twitter.com for as long as it lasts at twitter.com forward slash I saw Ken I-S-A-W-K-E-N you can also find me on ko-fi.com same thing forward slash I-S-A-W-K-E-N I am putting some of my like excerpts of uh, writing on the history of fools up there if you are interested in maybe reading a little bit more into some of the topics that I have ventured into like Commedia dell'arte. I also like post pictures of me in clown makeup so if you're into that (laughs) it's a one-stop shop for both history and me in clown makeup. And really and truly if you haven't seen Ken in clown makeup you are in for a goddamn treat I promise you. You can find me on Twitter at 
E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. That's Epsilina. Right now, my name is MILF Impersonator on there. So if you found that, you found the right one. Um, or you can find me on Ko-Fi or Ko-Fi. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but Ko-Fi at Epsilina. Um, so Ko-Fi.com slash E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. I do sell tarot card readings on there. You can get them for free if they're just one to three card readings. I do accept tips. Or if you want a more involved reading, they are $5 or more, just depending on what you want and what you feel like paying me. So I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time when we're discussing The Magician. Bye.